Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. Without Jesus Christ, the best thing that this world can offer is death. It doesn't get any better than that. That's all they have to offer. But Jesus Christ came to offer us something different. He offered us something greater. He offered us life and life everlasting. And for that, I'm eternally grateful today to know that my Savior overcame death get bent on thinking that what we're doing is right and we can only go by what we see others do but friend I've come to tell you today if you're judging your life by your neighbor's life you're judging it by the wrong thing you've got to have an experience with Jesus Christ in order to really understand what God can do for you you're just destroying yourself if you're just doing what everybody else is doing but Jesus Christ has come welcome you today we are so thrilled to have you with us i know that there are visitors in this place today it's crowded with just our own folks here but when we have visitors i pray that nobody walked through the doors is claustrophobic today that's all i've got to say i hope you don't mind meeting uh new friends uh we all we should you should be able to find new friends here before you leave amen we have a very friendly church And we want you to know that we are so thrilled and honored that you would take time out of your day to come and be a part of this service with us today. I don't want to belabor too long here today. The the Lord is here. It's obvious the kids did a great job. We're thankful. Let's give all of our visitors a hand clap of welcome once again today. Amen. I can't say it enough how thrilled we are that you're here with us. Amen. Amen. You don't have to understand everything that's going on to feel that what is going on is of God and just like you may not understand how your car works but you just know when you get in you turn the key it fires up the engine when you put it in in reverse you back out of your driveway you put it in drive you take off you don't have to understand everything to trust that it's going to get you where you need it to take you amen and the very I'll never understand everything there is about God while I'm here on this earth and probably not when I get to heaven He's always going to be God, and I'm always going to be me. Now, he may let me in on a few things that I don't know while I'm down here, but I'm hoping to see some things and to learn some things. I I hope that I gain a little knowledge and understanding when I get over there, and I believe that I will, but but I don't have to know everything about God to know that I trust him to get me where I need to go. Amen. That's what today is all about. I want to turn your attention to one of the greatest success stories in the Word of God. If you're, while you're turning, let me set it up. Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. Paul is a, a great writer of so much of the New Testament, so instrumental in giving us so much of what we have today. And, but Paul was not always an apostle. And I want to say that to help everybody understand today that you do not have to be perfected to to know who Jesus Christ is. You do not have to be a perfect person. You don't even have to be a good person. All you have to be is a hungry person that's looking for a change in your life. And some folks that have walked in here today, you may have walked in kind of broken. You may have walked in with some baggage. You may have walked in with a lot of questions. You may have walked in hurting. Your heart may be breaking right now. But I pray that what you're feeling in this place is is an indicator of, of some hope 
Amen. Because all of our problems, they may not go away while we're here on this earth, but there is coming a day when they all will be behind our lives for those who have put the Word of God into practice in their life. The Apostle Paul was proof that it doesn't matter where you start or what baggage that you may begin with or what brokenness that you might have. There is hope in Jesus Christ. And if you've walked in here today with questions and and baggage or brokenness and full of pieces and you just don't know where life is going to take you but you know this one thing you don't know you don't like where it's brought you thus far you've come to the right place today because we're not going to beat you up and we're not going to badger you and we're not going to tell you how dirty uh, of a a sinner that you are because hey there but for the grace of God go all of us today there's one thing that we all have in common we all need a savior amen we all are sinners the apostle Paul long before he was the apostle the apostle Paul was called Saul and he calls himself later on in the word of God the chiefest of sinners (laughs) he said there was nobody worse than me when it came to sinning I was the expert at it yet something happened in his life and he's talking about now he's been living for God for a while when he's writing this letter to the Philippian people the Philippian church and he says yea doubtless and I count all things but for loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things he said everything that I had is gone all earthly possessions prestige power It's all a thing of the past. But he says this about him. He says, I count them but as dung. I count them but as trash. I count them but as refuse that I may win Christ and be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is of the law. He saw how that worked out for him. He was a man of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Paul said, I want to know him. But it went a little bit beyond that. I just want to speak to you over the next few moments, if you'll allow me, on the topic of the power of his resurrection. The power of his resurrection. Why don't we lay our Bibles down today, and why don't we just lift our voices to the Lord one more time. Let's just ask God to touch us, prepare the soil of our heart right now to receive the word. Somebody's life could be on the line today. Amen. Their spiritual life could be on the line today. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, God, that you would help me deliver this in a way. God, that those that need to hear this word today could receive it. Lord, take me out of the equation here today. God, I pray that your hand will be upon my mind. God, that you would direct every word that I speak. God, let it be spoken, God, in the attitude of love and its completeness, Lord. We ask it all in the name of Jesus. And would you just say amen as you're seated? God bless you today. Amen. What we celebrate today is an ordinary. I mean, we celebrate Christmas, and, and 
I mean, that's extraordinary in the fact that a, a Christ child was born. But it's not every day, uh, it, it is every day that, that, uh, that human beings are born into this earth. It's every day that a mother will give birth to a child. Life comes into existence almost on a daily basis. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm sure it comes into existence every day of every year. Amen. So we, we, we don't celebrate Easter in the same way uh, it, because it is more uncommon than uh, uh, Christmas is. But we celebrate Easter because our Savior Jesus Christ was placed in a tomb. His body had grown cold, the blood had stopped flowing, the brain activity in the natural man had ceased to exist. Amen. Everything about him had stopped as far as any earthly human would, would uh, say that it had stopped. He'd been wrapped in his grave clothes and placed into a tomb, and that tomb had been sealed off. But on the third day, something happened. Amen. Something supernatural took place that we don't celebrate on any of our other holidays. But on the third day, amen, Jesus Christ all of a sudden took a breath that he hadn't breathed for three days and the heart once again began to beat and the blood once again began to flow and he raised himself up off of that tomb where he was inside of and he took the grave clothes off and he folded them very neatly and placed them there which was a uh, significant in the Jewish culture because if you were to fold your napkin it meant that I am not finished here that I'm not done yet that I'm coming back amen it was a way that you told people that you were going to return and so we celebrate this day because our savior did something that no one else's savior could ever do or has ever done but he came alive once again after three days of being dead and he came back to life and with that one thing he changed everything not every day that a man who's been deceased after three days comes back to life. Now, I don't know what it takes to impress you, but in my book, that's, that's worthy to go down in my journal. Hey, today I was praying for somebody. They'd been dead for three days. I laid my hands upon them, and boom, they sat up and looked around and said, what's happening? That goes down in my journal. That's a day worth remembering to me. So far in my ministry, in my lifetime, I've never seen that happen. I know it has happened, but it's never happened at my hands. But I guarantee you, the first thing I would do is, is probably be very startled. I might even step back or jump back a little bit. And I know my eyes would bulge out of my head a little bit. And then maybe after about 10 minutes of being in shock, then I might praise the Lord about the, bringing back the person back to life. It's not an everyday occurrence. It's a day that's worth remembering. It's a day that's worth celebrating. And never before has it been more worth celebrating than in the culture in which we now live. Amen. It, it, we live in a culture that is ever more drawn to and fascinated by darkness and death and where vampires and zombies are, are the rage and the walking dead television program draws people by the droves that are consumed by their appetite towards death and darkness and destruction. 
uh, 35 years ago when I was growing up, our heroes were people like John Wayne. Somebody say, uh, would it help me to get a hand clap if I said Brother John Wayne? There we go. I got a coffee cup at home that's got John Wayne on it. I love that coffee cup. Amen. He said, every man has to have a creed to live by. He's, he had some great lines. I, I liked it, some of his lines. Uh, he had one about, you know, um, how, how does it go with uh, as far as like uh, uh, something about stupid. I can't remember. Thank you. How did I know that it would be you that knew that? <laughs> All right. We are, we are formed by a bond of John Wayne right here. Life is tough. It's even tougher if you're stupid, right? <laughs> amen. Life is hard. Can anybody say amen to that? Life is difficult. I don't know about you, uh, but, but sometimes it's not easy to get up. And the older I get, the more aches and pains that I have. I went to cross my legs the other day at, at youth convention, and I was like, ow. You know, when, does, when did that start happening? I can't even cross my legs without pain anymore. Then it dawned on me, oh, that's right, I stained the deck the other day. I was down on my hands and knees a whole bunch of, you know, it's like things that I never thought of when I was these guys as age. You know, you just blew through it, but now it's those simple things that just remind us every once in a while, hey, old man, slow down. There's some soreness that's there. There's some things that take place that didn't used to take place in our life. So our heroes were men that knew how to survive and uh, uh, back when I was growing up, men that, that could make it through, men that could, to, could cross the Sahara Desert with, you know, just three drops of water, you know, and, and still make it through, men that could take on 100 enemies while they were laying in a buffalo wallow with only three shells left in their gun and still survive. We, we, we thrived on those that taught us how to live. But today it seems like people are drawn towards heroes that, that are dead already. And then I got to thinking about that and I thought, really? <laughs> this world is just telling us exactly what we have to look forward to. Without Jesus Christ, the best thing that this world can offer is death. It doesn't get any better than that. That's all they have to offer. But Jesus Christ came to offer us something different. He offered us something greater. He offered us life and life everlasting. And for that, I am eternally grateful today to know that my Savior overcame death. Paul was a man that understood death all too well. But the death that Paul knew was more than just a television program that you could shut off after an hour and go about your daily routine. He understood the finality that death brought. He wasn't a stranger to seeing the destruction of lives as they were taken uh, uh, for standing for what they believed in. Those were some dark days that Paul had in his past. I guarantee you that there were times when Paul probably laid his head down on his bed and a tear rolled out of his eye and down his cheek as he remembered the torment that he had created for those people that now he was one of. He understood death. Those were days that he was not proud of. Days that he wished were not a part of the history of his life story, but they were his nonetheless. 
He couldn't change the past. Amen. We've all got things that we're not proud of. We've all got things that we wish that we could change in our life. But I'm here to tell you today, if you're looking at your past and you're allowing it to dictate your future, that all can be changed today because Jesus came so that our past does not have to dictate where our future takes us, but we can have a new life, a transformed life, a resurrected life. Everything changed for Paul when he came in contact with Jesus Christ. In the eyes of the world, things changed for the worst because Paul was a man of means, of substance, of uh, he was a man of power. He worked for the government. He, he was a man that was feared. He was a man that, that, that could uh, say things and, and dictate things, and they would just happen. He, he went into places, and he grabbed and destroyed Christian families. He was a, a tyrant of his day, but in his mind, he felt like he was doing the right thing. And oftentimes, we are so much the same way. We get bent on thinking that what we're doing is right, and we can only go by what we see others do but friend I've come to tell you today if you're judging your life by your neighbor's life you're judging it by the wrong thing you've got to have an experience with Jesus Christ in order to really understand what God can do for you you're just destroying yourself if you're just doing what everybody else is doing but Jesus Christ has come no longer was Paul a man wielded the power of a government But he didn't mind any of that by the point that he was writing this. Because he now wielded the power of a different government. Now when he prayed, sometimes when his shadow would just fall on people. Now when he went into a place and laid his hands on people. Lives were changed. Demons trembled at now the what the power that Paul now had. Paul now wielded not just the power of a human government. Paul now wielded the power of an almighty God. And when he prayed, things happened. When he spoke, things happened. When he prayed, people were filled with the Holy Ghost. When he prayed, demons ran away. When he prayed, earth shook. When he prayed, things changed. That's why Paul wrote to the Philippians. I'm paraphrasing today. Everything that I've given up, he said. Everything that I've lost. I've lost the prestige. I've lost the I, I, I've lost my peer base. I, I've lost my power as far as this earthly government goes now, instead of them coming to me and asking me for advice and knowing that I know the law. Now I'm standing before them and they are questioning me. They're telling me, Paul, you've gone mad. But they don't understand. I'm just different than they am. I've not lost my mind. I've not lost my senses. But I've found everything that I've ever needed right in the hands of Jesus Christ. He found his resurrected life in Jesus He said, I've lost it all. It's gone. Everything of earthly value that I lost when I met Jesus Christ. He said, when I stack it all up, the nice clothing, the prestige, the wealth, the power, the position, when I stack all that up to what I've gained in Jesus Christ, it all looks like a big 
pile of trash to me. Amen. Compared to what I have in Jesus Christ, let me tell you something. There was uh, some years ago when I felt like I was headed in the right direction as far as my flesh wanted to go. I was doing things that I felt like I wanted to do. I wasn't living under God's authority. I began to come across some things and do some things on my own. And those things in the eyes of the world may have seemed like, well, Doug Rice is having a great time. Look at him. He's becoming popular. People are accepting of him. But I had an encounter one night as a 17-year-old young man with Jesus Christ that helped me to see those things for what they really were. And I looked at those things and compared them to what Jesus Christ was offering. And I said, this is nothing more than just a big pile of trash compared to what God has to offer. Paul had come to know God in such a way that the things of this world could never get a grip on him, never get a hold upon him. He saw it for what it really was. It was finite. It was fleeting. It was all going to be gone one day. How else could a man make the statement that Paul made in Romans when he said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? He's asking the question, but it's a rhetorical question. He already knows the answer to it. His question is not really a question as much as it is a statement to those that are around him. <coughs> Paul goes through some things in life. It's not cush for him anymore. Things aren't easy. He goes through some trials and some tribulations. There's some days when he's hungry and some times when he's thirsty and some times when he's in perils uh, amongst uh, enemies and other times when his friends don't turn out to be the friends he thought they were. There's a little bit of his enemies as well. and He's shipwrecked and he's been beaten and all these things he lays out for us. But still the man says, what shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword for as it is written for thy sake we are killed all the day long we are counted as sheep for the slaughter he's saying it's nothing new here what I'm experiencing is nothing that other people haven't experienced. It's nothing that everybody's not going to deal with at some point or time in their life. We're all going to experience the taste and the sting of death. Amen. For he says, we're killed all the day long. We're counted as sheep to the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And this is what I love. He says, for I am persuaded. He said, you don't have to tell me again. I already know it. I already believe it. I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, one of the most terrible things that people deal with today is confusion. What do I believe? What's for today? What's for, what's for yesterday? What, where do I establish myself? What, what part of the Bible is true? Well, I'm here to tell you it's all true. There's not a single part of it. It is the inspired word of God. It had a lot of different 
writers with a pen, but it only had one author. And the author of the book of uh, uh, the books of the Bible was not an author of confusion, amen, but he was an author of grace. He was an author today that helps us understand that we can have a better life, that we can have a resurrected life. We can have more than what others have in this earth. Paul wasn't confused. He knew where he stood in his relationship with God. You couldn't buy him out. You couldn't bribe him away. You couldn't threaten him to change. He had found life and it had changed him in such a complete way that nothing could change his direction. He makes that statement. He's, he's telling them there is nothing you can say or do. There's no amount of money that you can buy me out with. There's nothing that can separate me from the love of God because I'm not confused about who it is that I serve. I'm not confused about whose government it is that I bow to for I have sold out everything. I've seen it for what it really is. Would to God that this church, amen, would come to a realization that nothing in this life is worth losing our soul over. There's nothing more important than having a resurrected life in Jesus Christ. It's easy to get confused when you don't understand the value of things. Be easy to walk up. You've seen, you've seen them. Um, we've all been, been there probably, you know. Hey, you want to buy a Rolex? But you take it to somebody that knows Rolexes, and they're going to say, that's, not, that, that's a fake. That's a counterfeit. It's easy to get confused sometimes when we don't understand the true value. Something sparkly might seem to be worth more than something crude. Sir Thomas Brown said this, don't ever let rough diamonds be mistaken for worthless pebbles. Some people walk through our doors, and they're a little bit rough on the outside. Amen. There's some people walk through our doors, and they don't look all cleaned up and all spruced up. They don't look like somebody that's been serving God for the last 50 years. Amen. And I say thank God for the diamonds that are in the rough. It's never okay for us to judge somebody on the way that they look when they walk through the doors because underneath the surface, sometimes there's some diamonds that are willing to be dug out. There's some diamonds of precious value. You've got to look beyond the surface to see the real value of things. Saul, in his beginning stages, was a persecutor of Christians. An angel told the one man of God, said, I want you to go down and see Saul, and I want you to deliver a message to him. He said, uh-uh. No, he said, I, I, know, I know this man's history. I know that, 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 that he is a persecutor of people like me. But the angel said, no, 
something has changed. What changed? I'll tell you what changed. He had an encounter with life. He had an encounter with a resurrection. Amen. Things were about ready to change in Saul's life for the good. He's sitting in a room. He can't see. His eyes are blinded. And he needs the man of God to come down there and say, listen, don't worry about the way things are right now. God's got a new plan for your life. You may have been walking a dead man, but God has a resurrection that's about ready to take place in your life. Paul, you saw you're never going to be the same. And his eyes, the Bible said, the scales fell off. And Paul walked out of there, a resurrected man with a brand new life. And if God did that for a man like Paul, God can do that for anybody in this room. Paul had an encounter with life. He had an encounter with the God of second chances. It was great to know who Jesus was. Paul said, I'll trade it all just to know him. Some people won't even give up their lunch at McDonald's that's filling their arteries with cholesterol to know him. But not Paul. Some people won't trade 15 minutes of kneeling down and having communication with the creator of everything to get to know him. But not Paul. Paul said, I traded it all just to know him. But the beautiful thing and what I really love is that I get to know him. I get to go to heaven. I get to, when at the end of this life, I've got a beautiful place that's prepared for me. But the beautiful thing is, is that I get to not just know him, I get to experience the power of his resurrection. Paul understood what Jesus Christ had done for him was to bring a dead man back to life. A hopeless man back to life. He took a life that was bent on death. Who was it that held the coats of the men as they picked up stones and they threw them at a man named Stephen and watched as he drew his last breath, but he said, forgive him. Don't lay this charge on them. Don't hold this against him, God. And, and the Spirit of God came down upon that man. Who was it that was there that day holding the coats? But a young man named Saul. Saul, Paul knew all too well the resurrecting power of Jesus Christ. He knew that the power of the resurrection was big enough to take his mistakes and wipe them out with one single drop of blood. He knew that Jesus Christ had taken a life that was bent on death and gave it new hope. And he also knew that if he did it for a man like him, that he could do it for anybody. I believe that's why Paul was sent to the Gentiles, the apostle to those that were not apart, but those that were to be grafted in. 
If you've not been grafted in today to the family of God, there's still time. You're still breathing. If you've never felt the power of the resurrection, I'm not just talking about that Jesus was resurrected, but how he can resurrect you. The word tells us that God is no respecter of persons. And that what he did for Paul, he can do for anyone. First Corinthians says, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. And then it tells us who we're to blame and who we're to thank. It says, for as in Adam all die. Thank you very much, Adam, father of all mankind. My great, 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 great to infinity grandfather, Adam. Created the problem that we all are dealing with today. That all of us are suffering from. That all of us fear in our natural bodies. And that's death. The word of God says, for in Adam all die. Even so, in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits. Afterward, they that are Christ at his coming. One word jumped out to me that I've, I've never thought about. And that was firstfruits. I was like, what, what is What's it talking about, Christ being the first fruits? I mean, I get the concept. But sometimes you can understand if you dig a little deeper. And so I began to dig on what this was talking about here. The Bible says that Jesus Christ was the first fruits. And if you do a study on first fruits, what it's talking about, there was a Jewish harvest time. And the Jewish people would bring their first fruits and they would offer them up, offer them to the priest, and they would bring those first fruits in. And the priest would bless those first fruits. Now, everybody wants to bring the first fruits in and have them to be blessed. We, we know that when we bring our gifts to the Lord, we, we, we hope and we pray that, that God blesses our gift, that we want it to be stretched out, we want it to be multiplied. I mean, I would love for somebody to put a $100 bill in the offering plate, and when I go pick the offering plate up, it's a $1,000 bill. That'd be really cool. I'd love for us to be able to give an offering towards a new project over here, a new sanctuary, because obviously we could use a little more room. And the Lord would just take care and bless the offering that we bring to him, the first fruits that we bring to him. I think that would be awesome. And I believe in that. I believe that God blesses the first fruits, that first offering, that offering, that tithe that, the, that, that, that we bring to him. He blesses that. But here's the kicker. And here's what this is talking about. It's not just the first fruits that get blessed. Because when the priest blessed the first fruits... The blessing went all the way out to what was still in the field. 
It wasn't just the first fruits. It wasn't just the offering that received the blessing. It wasn't just the offering that received the abundance. Everything that was left behind, the 90% that was still out in the field, everything that was left over that was not first fruits, also received the same blessing. And so when the Word of God is talking about the first fruits, that Christ was the first fruits, it's not just Christ that gets the joy of resurrecting back to life. It's everything that's still in the field. If you're alive today, you're in the field. If you're here and you're still breathing, you're part of the field. The blessing is not just for Christ. Resurrection was not just for Jesus Christ. But the resurrection power goes all the way out to everyone that is in Christ that's still in the field. If you're not in Christ, you have no claim to the resurrection. But Jesus Christ said that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. You're not here by accident today. Our home folks aren't here by accident today. But I believe that the Lord is trying to reach somebody as we stand. I believe he's trying to reach out to somebody today and let you know that There is a hope. There is a power. Maybe you've prayed at home. Maybe you believe in God. Maybe you're just starting and you don't understand, but there's a little voice inside of your head that says you'll never, you'll never be able to get beyond your past. You'll never be able to get beyond the things that you've done that are wrong. You'll never be able to overcome the things that you've done that were against God. But I beg to differ today. There's power in the resurrection. And there's enough power in this resurrection to bring a dead man, a man with no hope, a man with flaws, a man that's been injured by sin, mortally injured by sin, and change everything with one encounter with Christ. He's reaching for you today. And I know that today is Easter and we've got a crowd in here. Sometimes it's a little awkward. You know, you're thinking, here he is. He's going to come down and he's going to try to get me to come to the altar. I've never begged anybody to come to the altar. I don't find that that really works, but I know this much. That if you'll come, if you'll take a step, he'll meet you there. And if you're tired of living life in confusion and without hope, feeling like your past has already destroyed your future. I've come to claim to you today that there is hope in Jesus Christ. There's a resurrecting power that I can attest to and 
many others in this congregation. We've got ex-alcoholics that are sitting on our pews. We've got ex-drug addicts that are sitting on our pews. We've got marriages that were failing that were God put back together on our pews. We've got people that were suicidal, that were without hope, that are sitting on our pews. There is nothing that you have done. There is nothing that you have done that the resurrection power of Jesus Christ can help you overcome. That blood that spilt on Calvary's cross. The pain was short-lived because three days later, everything changed. There may be some things that you might have to suffer through. There may be some things that you might have to deal with, but I promise you this, life will get better with Jesus Christ as a part of it. If your eyes are closed and your head is bowed, I, I just wonder today, this altar is open, but if you choose not to come up here, I've got my eyes closed as well. If you just like to raise your hand right now and say, I want to begin this journey. This is simply between you and God right now, but I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I feel like God is trying to reach out to somebody and you're wondering what's the use anyway? Maybe you've stumbled into this place not knowing what it was that was going to be said or the feelings that you were going to feel or what you might hear today. But I'm promising you this from a man that has experienced the changing power of Jesus Christ, that he can make all the difference, that your life is not over yet, that death has not got a death grip on you. There's still life. There's still hope. There's still a power. It takes more than just knowing Him. It takes more than just praying to Him. It takes more than just believing in Him. But He wants you to feel and experience the resurrection power that He paid the price for you to experience today. And in a moment's time, with hands raised all across this place this morning, I wonder if we could just begin to lift our voices and we could just ask God's presence to come in and with it bring the spirit of hope into this place today. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.